everyone, and welcome to Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. I'm Logan Sowash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy. I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. And on Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy, we take a trio of films, whether timed by cast and crew, thematic elements, or just numerical order. We take each film and discuss the good, the bad, and the weird surrounding them. Oh, and you might be wondering why we're just getting right into it. Well, it's because we have a very special trilogy that I bet Andy is just really excited to talk about. I'm jazzed. After we talked about Gundam and our love of Gundam for nearly two hours last episode, <laughs> we thought it would be fun to keep into the sci-fi tradition but talk about a trilogy that neither one of us have really any kind of connection or passion with, for or, or yeah. experience yeah or even the experience you do have you completely forget in my yes, mind right. and we are talking about today a trilogy you might have seen you know at your local red box from time to time yeah, maybe you saw at least the, one of them yeah maybe you saw the first film in theaters and completely forgot about it because yeah. the first film actually was a surprise hit when it came out yeah. but not anymore because <laughs> 13 years later we are now talking about the Skyline Trilogy, a trio of films that consist of 2010's Skyline, 2017's Beyond Skyline, and 2020's Skylines. Yeah. Or we, Skyline 3's, if you, just, if you go by the threes, end of yeah. Skylines. Yeah. And then uh, we'll be we'll be tailing the episode with a ranking of our top three Skyline <laughs> chilies in the Indianapolis area. Yes, that's, that's what I... It was funny looking up Skyline... And just immediately <laughs> just, just chilly. kept getting chilly in locations, and it's like, oh, I should have known better. I'm in the yeah. Midwest. Right. But yeah, what's interesting about Skyline, if anything, is the fact that like this seems to be the first film as a passion project of the Brothers Strauss and their Hydraulics Entertainment studio. Yes. Which, Hydraulics Entertainment, you might not know who they are, but... You've probably seen some of their work because if you look up their filmography, they literally from like the early 2000s onward, they have had their hands in some way, shape, or form. Big blockbusters, smaller films. They're apparently like one of the production companies that helped with Take Shelter. The yeah, Michael Shelton right. or the Michael Shannon Jeff Nichols film. Yeah, I mean and they. I don't know about Hydraulics, their company, but at least the the Strausses themselves worked on stuff like the X Men movies yes. and Three Hundred and mm-hmm. Terminator and so yeah, they were all over the place. They were also big in uh, like the music video scene. Yeah, they I think did they won Usher. some awards for their directing uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers music video, mm-hmm. and they worked with like. Stained and disturbed. I think and Usher too. I Maybe think Usher, Usher. Yeah, I think they were all over the place. Yeah, but in terms of films, the yeah. brothers Strauss at this point in their career, before Skyline happens, are only known with one film in particular as directors. That, as yeah. directors, and that is Alien versus Predator Requiem, <laughs> a film that I don't know if we'll ever talk about because I don't think an AVP three will ever happen because of a film like this. Yeah. Because this is Requiem was the type of film that I think both Alien fans and Predator <laughs> fans will admit or will agree this is probably the worst film in both franchises. And even the few AVP fans and yes, also hated. <laughs> and even the people that really enjoyed that first film also hated Requiem. So already starting strong there. Yeah. Going into Skyline, just to give everyone just a little bit of background, Andy had never seen this film. No. And I had seen it once, and I cannot tell you for the life of me why or when I watched it. I just know I had seen it. Did you see it in 2010, like when it came out? No, I okay. did not. I remember the trailer a lot. Because yeah. the thing about this film is I think a lot of people 
have probably never seen the film or remember seeing the film, but they probably remember seeing the trailer because yeah. the trailer for this film is actually pretty fucking good in terms yeah. of like what they were working with. Like, well, and yeah, it was kind of it was it was right just barely ahead of that blue light in the sky trend yes. that swarmed Hollywood in the mm-hmm. 2010s. Um, but it was, yeah, it was kind of striking and it was like, oh, here's this alien invasion movie that's not tied to any familiar property. It's not mm-hmm. Independence Day. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember seeing the trailer and being like, oh, that could be cool. And then never seeing the movie and <laughs> almost totally forgetting about it. Yeah. The two shots I think I've vaguely remembered before seeing the film and being like, oh yeah, these are shots I remember from the trailer are protagonist man and Donald Faison on the <laughs> roof as they see yeah. the alien ship in the skyline. That's one of the reasons why it's called that. Yeah. And also the shot of the aliens sucking people up into right, their in ship. in mass. Yeah. In mass. And I think this was a September release, so yeah. now seeing it again makes a lot of sense because this movie's fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, just going yeah, right yeah. into it, we're... We're not going to really hold back in terms of, like, spoilers or anything. This is something that, like, there, in my opinion, there is enjoyment in this trilogy, but not in a unironic sense most of the yeah. time. Yeah, it's more like the kind of enjoyment you'd get out of, like, flipping through channels and stumbling across the sci-fi channel and yes. watching whatever was on yes. there. It, the sequels to these to this trilogy are very much in line with just something that just isn't a thing anymore in terms of that, what Andy describes of just Saturday morning, maybe Saturday afternoon, you're going through and on TNT, there's a weird fucking film you've (laughs) never seen before. Yeah. And with this first film, unfortunately it doesn't have that energy because this film basically feels like a proof of concept that ultimately ends on a, Hey, if you like this, we'll make a good film. Right. <laughs> and that's basically the whole film because the majority of it is people in a apartment complex afraid of aliens. Yeah. It's well and actually I think um the funny thing about the, the limited setting in the original film is I think it's actually like Greg or Colin Strauss's apartment that they shot in. That does and so not like ninety percent of the movie takes place in this apartment. Yes. Um with a cast that you have probably vaguely remember from certain things, but yeah. don't know their names. Yeah. The lead in this film, I can't remember. I know his name is Jared. He's the <laughs> protagonist of the film. Uh, uh, Eric. I was going to say. Eric Balfour. I was yeah. going to say, don't hurt your head if you can't remember. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eric Balfour, which I remember. Seeing, he had a streak for a while. Well, he was in, I think most people might know in the same vein of these types of films, a Haven, which is a sci-fi original series that uh, I think lasted for like six seasons yeah. in the late 2000s, early 2010s. You have uh, Donald Faison from Scrubs, who's mm-hmm. probably the biggest actor out of all of them in this film in terms of you know not- notability. You have Crystal Reed, who plays like the assistant photographer girl. She's, she's in Teen Wolf, the MTV show. That's kind of where <laughs> I know her from. The wife of the protagonist, I don't know where I've seen her from, but she looks yeah, familiar. Um, basically, the very small cast it has a lot of feelings of like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's Joe Dirt's love interest? <laughs> that's where I've seen her before. Right, yeah. And that's the end of that conversation. Yeah, It really is a film that sells you on the idea of like, all oh, these people had a party, and then the next day, an invasion happens. And then fucking nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's and when something does happen, it's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing about this movie, especially in relation to where its sequels go oh from God, here, yes. is that like disp- it feels in a weird way, it feels the most like a movie that wants to be a big budget blockbuster. This this feels um, like a proof of concept short film. Yeah. That was given or like a, like a series of previs sequences. Yes. Like yes. where it's kind of like, okay, I can see some visual storytelling going on here, but it's so rough. It hasn't been polished out yet. I will give, if there's one thing I will give the credit to the film for with all the money they had for this film, which the film is, I think this film's like 10 million at least. Yeah. Like 10, 10 to 20. To, yeah, 10 to, I, yeah. Cause I there's think like a rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with the, that, with that amount of money, they clearly put all of it into the effects, and even though they're dated as hell now, like it's clear at the time why people probably enjoy it is because like it's clear the directors and people behind it are VFX supervisors and artists yeah. because they, they they know how to use it. Yeah, they know how to use it. They definitely know how to use that more than they do the people. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, when we see a lot of the VFX stuff, it's fun enough in terms of just like oh that's a cool enough design i guess but also at the same time it kind of looks like bargain bin bay transformers yeah it's very much in that vein of like spiky metal pieces shifting around crazily so that your eyes can't keep up with it i also think that the font used in all three of these films is the same font they use not for the Transformers logo in the, the Michael subtitles. Bay. The subtitles. <laughs> All the other font, the font for like basically everything Where else. Where it says like Revenge of the Fallen. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is, feels pretty clearly what they're trying to do is just yeah take that. And, and not in well, like an the... asylum way, but in a little bit like an asylum way. Well, it's like they're clearly, whether it's the Strausses or, you know, the graphic designer on the film or whatever, it was clearly just kind of looking at whatever was popular then and is like oh yeah yeah let's oh, lean yeah. into that I and mean, they even, do even the sound design of like the aliens and their technology yes. is very like transformers-y uh what's i'm trying to think of highlights because <laughs> i think honestly if there's anything that would be interesting to talk about at least for both of us is probably our viewing experiences because for me watching this film was the first time in practically years where <laughs> i just could not watch this in one sitting yeah i, I tried that. to watch this because this movie is only 90 minutes it's not it's a the long shortest film. in the trilogy it is but it's also the worst in my opinion yeah, and the most is. boring so when i was hitting i literally the most engaged i felt with the film is when it was in the 50 minute mark because i kept checking to see if i nearly hit an hour yeah and i'll be like i can just watch 30 minutes tomorrow it's fine right i'll just pause it here i'm not gonna miss anything <laughs> Right. And in all honesty, the first hour is in that line of like, yeah, you they try to give it character. They try to give all the cast something to yeah. do, I guess, in a very basic way. But it's also like it's for- kind of like a porn setup where it's like they know that the intro and the narrative doesn't matter. And so they yeah. give it a really half hearted try. It's and you're o- like, OK, it's also shot like Michael Mann's collateral in Miami Vice. But not in a way where it feels stylistic. <laughs> it feels like it's just that's how much money they had in terms of the gear they yeah. had. Yeah. Because you know what I'm talking about where it's like the motion blur. I mean, it looks like it was shot on a digital camcorder. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. Where it's like, at least with man, there's a purpose to why he shoots oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, that's 100% the style. <laughs> well, as the brother Strauss, very, 
I think that's what they it's, called. They do. Yeah, they, they, they do. call themselves that. And yeah, uh, it's just funny. It is funny. And ultimately, it becomes a film about a, fr- a guy meets his friend in L.A. with his wife. His wife is pregnant. His friend's a piece of shit. <laughs> they have a party. Uh, next day, aliens attack. And now we watch the next three days of the alien invasion from these guys' perspective. And they do absolutely nothing for the majority of it and when they do do something it just either gets one of them killed and they end up back into the apartment or they just ghost her crazy well yeah and the the like opening character establishment bits have ultimately like no effect on the actual plot once the aliens come into play aside from you know the uh, elaine being pregnant um like the the friendship drama between jared and his friend terry like doesn't really go anywhere and it's just okay we got to survive against aliens and it's just like well why did we waste time with (laughs) the character drama for 20 minutes only to abandon you don't don't think the scene where they're making fun of the guy getting a blowjob from across (laughs) the way and it's actually he's getting a blowjob from a man and they go oh wow that's pretty gay (laughs) and it's like that's not that's not perfect. That's not like crucial to the story well, and narrative. You know, or different or strokes. Ray. There's Terry's friend oh, Ray, who's yeah. like a producer type, and he dies like ten minutes after he's introduced. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that I guess that's what I mean by it's like a porn intro. It's like yes. we all know this doesn't matter, and even the movie is very well aware. It's well aware, but it's also not willing to like admit it. Yes. It's like it's putting yeah. in the effort of on the level that it knows it doesn't matter but it still sticks around and makes you try to care about it. Yeah, this is this is an odd one in terms of like the fact that this film made 70 million dollars is quite shocking to me. Yeah, it's hard I, to believe that it had that much traction. And I um, I, I assume is the traction more overseas? I uh, assume so. I didn't I yeah. didn't look at the full breakdown. I just saw the full amount they made in theaters. I just know that while it made $70 million, in terms of the amount of reviews it got, I think it was considered one of the worst films that came out in 2010. Yeah. It looks like it, nature. it made about $20 million in the U.S., and the rest was international. Okay. Um, so, so, like, pretty fair distribution. Yes. It makes also makes um, sense as to why the sequels become more international because of that. Right, yeah. I was wondering about that. More, so that sense. more international and more kind of multi-genre. <laughs> yes, yes. Um but uh yeah this it it is this movie is weird because it yeah. it feels the most like a movie that wants to be the next big summer blockbuster yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. i mean in tone and kind of general presentation yeah. not not quality but presentation and the the sweeping shots it's going for whereas the latter two films kind of go more for that like schlock action fun yes. romp Thing where it's like yeah this isn't really like pretty to look at but they're having fun <laughs> yes yes um, and this one is more slick not necessarily polished but no. slick and i mean I showy th- but boring i think i would i would argue that this this film doesn't have the worst effects of the, of the trilogy i do think oh it doesn't have the worst effects. no, no. i no. will definitely get to the one that does at least in my opinion but uh <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of wild to think that this is a trilogy where the first film feels like it's trying to 
take from Bay Formers, but also, you know, be like, it's our own thing. If you want more, we could do it. And then the, tr- the sequels are just like schlock, like you said, but basically like Roland Emmerich schlock. Yeah. Like yeah. Independence Day. But not, near, not, not even as hammy as Roland Emmerich schlock. No, no, yeah. which is shocking too. Yeah. Which is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, the only thing I think that is worth talking about in terms of the first film is its finale. Because Jesus fuck, is the last 15 minutes just absolutely wild (laughs) in what it's just... Out of all the things of the first film I did remember, the one thing I remembered vividly was its ending. Because its ending just is completely different. Yeah, Tonally, visually. It's the kind of ending that makes you ask, well, why didn't you just make that movie? Um yeah, and, it really you know is. that I guess is probably the question that spurred on two sequels. But yes, um, be- yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I remember thinking because I I didn't know about the ending of this movie when I oh watched it. Oh my god, it. I I love to hear what um, you your play by play. But I was you know I was kind of confused, but al- also almost kind of impressed at the sort of dour direction the movie was taking toward the yeah, end. Because I yeah. was like, okay, well I don't really care about any of these characters. I'm not emotionally invested, but. I kind of admire that this movie is just killing everyone. This kind of like literally every character is dying in a brutal, horrible way and getting no glory. Uh, Um. (laughs) Terry's wife is the one that sticks with me the most because when she gets sucked up by the aliens, she looks like a and basically an inflatable pool toy being like (laughs) like kind of folded in half and sucked into a vacuum yeah and to see that in it doesn't matter any kind of quality of special effects just seeing a person or what's supposed to be a person do that it's still slightly horrific very jarring yeah yeah (laughs) but honestly i will that's something i'll credit the movie for is that that weird alien hand contraption that traps people and pushes them in is interesting and unique and kind of gross and yeah every time it happened i was like yeah, I want more of that. Yeah, I want I want more <laughs> of the aliens is really the thing. Because yeah. every time they show up, it's like, God, we are just fucking useless as a race <laughs> against these things. How the hell are we even... Right. How do you make more of these films if we're just dying left and right Yeah, in this film? And they answer that doesn't yes. mean... <laughs> because as soon as everything goes south and all the characters die, the film takes... A, or seem to die, the yes. film takes a turn. Yeah, the the big turn of the first film because again, you don't need to see this film. Yeah, uh, honestly, this is this will say a lot in terms of this trilogy. For most trilogies, if I like most of the films in a in a series or a franchise, and I'm buying, or I'm trying to own all of them because I like it. Like I'll I'll get it. Like you know, like I hate Hobbs and Shaw, but at a certain point, <laughs> I'll probably get it because I enjoy it's part the majority of it. You, you of the want rest the collection? Yeah, yeah, I think if I ever buy any <laughs> film from the Skyline trilogy, yeah. I will buy two and three, and I will never not even bother. Yeah, I will not even bother with the first one because, in all honesty, they basically hard reboot in the second film yeah. anyway. So, yeah. it's, what does it matter? Because at the end of the first film, it's pretty much established that all mainly the aliens we've been seeing in the first film are basically harvested human brains put into 
what will be later called pilots. Yeah, which basically, are basically exosuits. These yeah. are biological, biomechanical exosuits. And they just basically use humans to kill other humans. And then at the end of the film, our protagonist man, Jared, <laughs> loses his body. Gets his brain ripped yeah, out. Yeah, but apparently he is different from everybody else. And so he be- goes rogue. <laughs> and then in a pretty, f- pretty flashy CGI scene in terms of yeah. the rest of the film just decimates other aliens to save his pregnant wife. And then the film ends on basically still slash concept art of where they could go from there. (laughs) And that's the end. Like it just, like Andy said, it's mainly a film that is like weirdly dour, but also like you kind of admire how dour it gets. Yeah. And then the end ends on a hope that is like, well, hold the fuck on. Where the, what? (laughs) Why is this not the movie? Yeah. Okay. And then guess what? You don't get the sequel until another seven years, so right. it's clear that like this kind of little pull at the end of this first film doesn't work. Yeah. And it's also clear that the only way they could do the ch- sequels is probably mix some things up. Because while there's very little in terms right. of the, the process jumping from the first to the second, we at least know that the brothers Strauss pull back as directors. They just end up becoming producers on the sequels. Right. And they give the films, or at least the films are now directed, the, the two films are directed by Liam O'Donnell. Who, who wrote this. and or co-wrote and produced the first one. Yes. And going into Beyond Skyline, it is like night and fucking day. Yeah. Because Beyond Skyline is trash. <laughs> it's trash, but the most delightful trash. Like, honestly, it's delightful. In terms of, like, in my mind, unlike the first Skyline, beyond Skyline, I watched the almost the whole thing in a full sitting. Like, I was caught off guard by how Beyond was like, I was like, you know what? I'll it, get it. it has energy. It does. Some fun to it, it. It also basically is like the first 30 minutes of Beyond is basically the first film, but better. The <laughs> yeah yeah well the first the like first act is very it reminded me and maybe just because of the Frank Grillo of it all but oh it reminded God. me of the Purge Anarchy yes because it's like it's, yeah definitely it's the jumping Grillo. off from a totally different kind of genre or not totally different but you know going in a different direction and like oh this yeah. is like a, a kind of survival action movie yes. instead of a alien invasion thriller yeah the first film is for yeah skylines basically just full-blown sci-fi just not really well done sci-fi and then beyond and skylines are full-blown sci-fi action action slog. adventure yeah and it's definitely the grillo of it because it does have that energy to it of anarchy yeah and also it's funny to think that beyond skyline also happens concurrently with the first film <laughs> it's just at a different point of la yeah and so like <laughs> yeah well it's funny because the uh the kind of one of the climactic sequences in the first skyline is the u.s air force sends in a you know a fleet of drones Mm -hmm. and bombers and stuff to blow up the alien mothership and uh there's a sequence where you see the stealth bomber make like weaving through the alien horde Mm -hmm. and making its play and it gets a missile off right before it gets blown up and the like kind of thing that keys you in to where this second movie is taking place is mm-hmm. they play that entire sequence out exactly the same yes the same footage of the stealth bomber mm-hmm. going in um and i just thought that was funny because it feels in the first movie like we're seeing that from their perspective in the apartment yes. yeah it's that kind of telescope uh, viewpoint mm-hmm. um as we're watching it and then they just reuse it in the sequel from it even though these That's, characters are in a totally different perspective yeah it's basically just like previously on skyline yeah, right. you know 
And, gosh. So, in between one and beyond, basically, there was radio silence on any Skyline sequel. They've always, I think the Brothers Strauss were always down to do one. But, of course, just because you make $70 million on a 10 to $20 million budget doesn't hmm. make reviews go away. Doesn't really put money on the table if it's not really the right. biggest form well, of income you yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, the and first movie was panned. Yes, I mean, it, it made was, money, but it was ripped apart. Yeah, just to, to really give perspective, you know, Beyond Skyline and Skylines are not good films, but <laughs> they have twice the approval rating as the first film does. Yeah. Like, it's so much more enjoyable, and clearly, like, people are like, okay, at least these are, like, watchable. Yeah. Yeah, because or the first one really is. Yeah, they kind of understand and uh, that they have an audience in a specific way. Yeah, um, or if they don't, they can get an audience by leaning into the fun aspects of it. Yeah, because I'm I'm very curious about like when Liam O'Donnell takes over as director, because I think he also helps with the script still possibly, or at least if anything, he's probably story wise. Yeah, yeah, and it just. It just feels so vastly different in places to the point where it's like, how the fuck did you co-wrote the f- co-write the first film <laughs> when the second one literally has Frank Grillo punching armored aliens with his bare fists, right? Yeah, and also has thirty minutes of just him getting lost in an alien spaceship, <laughs> and no alien can find this police detective, <laughs> right? Because the second film is basically concurrently with the first film. We follow this, you know, drunk detective played by Frank Grillo and his kind of a strange son who keeps getting into trouble <laughs> where they're both lost. I mean, he lost his wife. He lost his mom. You know, they're just they can't see eye to eye. Nothing's right. They lose. They're running. Nothing's good with their lives. Yeah. And as all this is happening, also an alien invasion shows up <laughs> and then kind of kiboshes. Not really any development, but more like any kind of deep development into their relationship because once the alien stuff starts happening basically is it mark is that frank grillo's character i think it's mark is it mark i I think i think i remember yeah mark Mark i think i remember yeah i think i remember because trent his son never calls him dad (laughs) he always calls him by he calls his dad by his first name he just goes like mark mark and it's like why do you keep calling your dad by his first name that's wild but yeah, the That's first how you know they're strange. Yeah, the first thirty minutes is just basically previously on Skyline, but from a different perspective. Yeah, you have that. You have this new team of people finding out, base finding out more in kind of equal amounts of information about the aliens as they try to escape from them. Because in the first film, there's this whole thing about like the group wants to go to the marina, but they're too afraid, so they don't do shit. In the second film, they go to the fucking marina. They go right to it. Like, they do not hide. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're going to actually do what they should have done in the first film, right. at least tried. And also, out the gate, if you talk to somebody about like the first film that they've seen it, and they go, describe to me the group in the first film. And they'd probably go, there's the guy in the white tank top who's the protagonist, his wife, Turk from Scrubs. Yeah. And then uh, some other douchebags. Yes. <laughs> and then if you talk about Beyond Skyline, you have Frank Grillo, his dumbass son. Yeah. You have a train conductor who literally just gets pulled into this 
on accident. Yeah, a young young woman who's conducting yeah. a train. You have a blind Vietnam vet right. who the only reason why he doesn't get pulled into the alien <laughs> beam is because he is blind. Right. You have a pol- I think you have the commissioner who is like uh Mark's old friend that has the shotgun. Yeah. You have the one woman from Get Out. I can't remember. She was also a police detective. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And you have <laughs> Is there one other? But even then, uh, like, there's the guy who who always plays character. I don't know what his name is in this, but uh, he always plays characters named Hector. Yes, uh, he does show up for a brief second. Yeah. In the in the train scene, and then he just goes like "fuck this" and runs away. He's like a part of the dead. crew for two scenes, and then he dies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But ultimately, out the gate, not only is the team more fun, not only is the film moving faster than the first film does. But also, and I think this really does help this one in the third film, uh, it's not PG-13 anymore. <laughs> so when they get graphic with the alien stuff, it's not just a bunch of blue mist yeah. like in the first film. When people a light explosion. Yeah, when people lose their fucking bodies, they lose their fucking bodies. And yeah, it's like they're... wild. Yeah. It is funny because, yeah, in the first movie, you clearly see a bunch of characters get their brains pulled out, but it's like the... Yeah. The head kind of just evaporates into blue light. Yeah, they. And then of... in this, it's like the machines grab the back of their head, tear the brain out, and their yes. their head, their empty head, just falls forward, and blood goes everywhere. Yes, it's like oh, this is different. And it's and again showing just how like the storytelling's a, even a little bit better this time around. Just like a lot of the stuff that you can consider lore in the first film is mainly just people stuck in an apartment guessing as to what's yeah. happening. Well, as in this and beyond, you basically have people who are actively seeing aliens lose their bodies, put their brains in other bodies, seeing yeah, people they're die. figuring seeing, it all out yeah, like, real quickly. And then when they figure stuff out and you think, oh, maybe they have, maybe something will happen that'll be like, you know, kind of better than the first film. In comes the scene where basically an alien commander captures all of them in the next 30 minutes of this two-hour film almost is Frank Grillo stuck on a ship trying to save the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah. And you just have this wild, like, I cannot believe this is the same, This is the sequel yeah, to he, the fucking he skyline. puts his arm in an alien machine and gets oh a knife, a, an alien knife contraption on his wrist. You he... get introdu- reintroduced to Jared and Elaine, protagonist man, and his right. pregnant wife from the first Jared, film. Jared, now an alien. Yes, and also his wife is Australian and completely not the same woman. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally different accent and everything. And also, and I think this is the best decision in the entire series, instead of Jared's body and the other pilot bodies being CGI, they committed <laughs> to giant Power Rangers-esque like foam alien rubber suit, suits. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. The thing, I, the thing <laughs> I think is funny, though, is that uh, the alien... It's not even remotely the same design. Absolutely. It's totally honestly, different. Honestly, I think it's a better design. <laughs> I think it's better. It's more distinctive. Yes, which automatically to me makes it better. <laughs> the fact that it's like, like, I can remember it has like four kind of googly eyes. Yeah, yeah. It has a big ass head. It also is like seven feet tall. Right. It is also, it's got those like goat satyr legs, like yes. backwards kneecap. It also has that classic low budget or like sequel thing of like the cast clearly didn't come back where they have to reshoot scenes from the first film <laughs> with the new cast. Yeah. And the guy they get for Jared, 
I think Eric Balfour, he has to feel offended that the guy they got to replace him also <laughs> looks nothing like him. Yeah. And it's just like just a dude. <laughs> it's probably the stuntman that's in the suit probably, more often than not. Yeah. But it's just funny the fact that like you get introduced to Jared and Elaine again. Elaine has her baby. Frank Grillo delivers said baby because he's a badass <laughs> cop who was clearly there when his kid was born. And then Elaine dies. Right. And then it's Jared trying to save Frank Grillo and his crew and his daughter also fucking dies. So basically right. everyone from the first film is now dead. Yeah. No worry about that. So now you're thinking, oh, wait. So the next hour has to be like them still on the ship taking on the yeah, commander. Blowing up the ship or whatever. We now cut to Laos. <laughs> we are now in Vietnam. Yeah. Where now we have a new cast of characters on top of Frank Grillo and his friends, which includes fucking Iko Uwai from the Raid films. Yeah. Which, oh my fucking God, every time I see that man, he puts way too much effort, even and, if it's a shit and film. And his, uh, his pal, uh, right. Yayan Ruyan. Yeah. yeah. Who's also known as Mad Dog, and I think he's just the assassin, or he's called something else in the second film, but... He's Mad Dog in the first raid, right? Yeah. And my God, when I saw those two men, I was like, "Oh my God, this is gonna be—it's <laughs> gonna be so much better now that they're here." Yeah. And I was right because when they start killing aliens in the finale, <laughs> you're just watching these Indonesian men just tear aliens to shreds yeah. Yeah. until one of them gets tear- torn to shreds. Right. And that's also funny as fuck. Yeah. But yeah, this film just keeps changing. Every thirty or so minutes. Yeah, it's it, it's almost like the it was like the opposite kind of approach yes. to the first film because the first film's like, well, you know, limited budget and all that. We want to stay in the in the apartment. Can't go out into the world. Can't yes. go do alien stuff. This movie's like, okay, let's go hang out on the ship for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's turn people into aliens. Okay, let's uh, wear alien tech. Okay, now let's go to Laos and have like a war, like and, a guerrilla war against and, the aliens. And That'd also, be fun. Yeah, also we get lore where they, uh, the aliens are called harvesters. And there's <laughs> right. a theory that the reason why they're coming after us is because we were put here on Earth because of the harvesters. And they literally come here to get us as cattle. Yeah, they basically planted us here to grow so that they could come back and harvest our brains to continue surviving. Which is, this is told by the man who I basically know as bad guy from Winter Soldier and bad guy from Batman v Superman. So it was fun to see this man talking his natural, I think it's, is it Coleman Mulvey? Callan Mulvey. Callan Mulvey. Yeah. He, I like him when he's not a bad guy because it's fun to watch him just (laughs) chill out. Yeah, he's, he's just kind of like a whacked out stoner scientist in this. Yeah, he's like a he's like a drug dealer in Vietnam, but also like he's a chemist and yeah. is also like very into of course ancient history shit. So that's where <laughs> all that comes from. And again, when you're a, an hour deep, it is now like holy shit, this is now we're now in Vietnam and there's like 45 minutes left. Right. What the fuck are we going to do? oh my gosh they do a lot there's a lot to do because not only are they in vietnam uh jared and elaine's daughter is uh half alien due to just some weird shit that happened to elaine in the end of skyline one which doesn't i don't really know how to describe what happens at the end of skyline one to elaine other than like thank god it didn't get graphic i don't really know i think they're trying to steal the baby yeah, but it's it's really not well designed in terms no, of like animated it, in terms of what's happening. 
Yeah, it's like they just machinery applies to her and then like scans her or something yes. or tries to suck the baby out. Or something. Yes, but now that the baby is also now half alien, she's also aging uh, rapidly to the point where when she comes out, she's, of course, a newborn. The next day, she's six years old, basically. Right. And by the end of the second film, she's like 12. Yeah. And then also, as this is happening, again, on top of everything we've told you about this film, there is also, the film starts off in media res to some woman who got shot or hurt in, his, in like an operating table with a bunch of characters we've never seen before. <laughs> we have no idea what the fuck's going on. This woman is talking to us. Like, you're probably wondering how I got here. And it's like, I don't even know who you are. And then she goes away for a while comes back midway through the film for a single scene <laughs> then goes away and then comes back at the very end to establish that she is the baby we've been watching grow rapidly this entire right. time and her name is rose and at the end of beyond skyline she's gonna take the fight to them yeah she leads a regime of humans and trent the alien yes which by the way if this i mean this coming out in 2017 that makes it the third sci-fi film in the span of the year that literally ends on we'll take the fight to them <laughs> which is independence day resurgence that was 2017. ends the same way oh, wow. pacific rim uprising which also ends that way <laughs> and then this fucking film does the exact same thing amazing where it just and you know what's funny is that out of those three franchises, this is the one. Skyline gets the third film where they really do take the fight to they them. They actually get to do it. Wow. Honestly, if anything... The power of VOD. Yeah, the power of being $20 million, but also Asia is supplying most of it. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to spoil too much more because... Beyond Skyline is just a fucking blast. It's not like it really is going to hurt anything, but it's really fun to watch the finale be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, they really they really put take some swings in this one. They after, really do. After just not giving a shit in the it, first one. And if honestly, and I bet I would have a more of a miss rate compared to this film, but now I kind of want to watch more VOD Frank Grillo. Oh, there's a lot there, of there it. is a lot. It's I know out the there. man. I know there's one VOD Frank Grillo film that also has Bruce Willis as like his father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. And most of the shots of Bruce Willis are from the <laughs> back, which is double. he has his double, double. Uh, which yeah. is now sad because of course he took yeah. that film because he got a million dollars because he now had a degenerative disease. Right, right. But um, hey, that's out there. <laughs> yeah, and there's well, plenty and of Frank Grillo films in the. It's VOD also funny because that's it's. This is just the role Frank Grillo plays every time. Like God. he's the same character in every movie. Um, he, he is not that he's bad. At, like he's, he's good not, at. He's, he's good at good, that role. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. But yeah, it's just he. He's got a type. You know, it's funny to look because I looked up Grillo because I was like, I want to know more about him just because I haven't seen it in a while, and he really is a guy that is like on the cusp of character actor status but also he gets so many big fucking roles he can't really even be cons can like put in that kind of box i mean i guess i would call it i mean he's a character actor but like yeah but i mean lots of lots of character actors are in big stuff they're usually just not big yes. roles in big stuff and that's kind yeah. of his mo is he's kind a supporting of, yeah. character in big movies and a lead character in small movies and, yeah it's, it's weird to think that like this man is probably known from a lot of people as he's, he's Brock Rumlow in the he, Captain America movie. Yeah, he's Crossbones. He is uh, Joel Edgerton's ringside coach yeah. in Warrior, who he's, yeah. he's great in that film. Uh, he's great in the Captain America films too, with what he has to do. Right. 
he has God, what? Um, I mean, he has such a big in, career. Yeah, he's got a small role in uh, what is it? Zero Dark Thirty. He does. Uh, he's apparently in the Hitman's Bodyguards. Oh, uh, the sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. <laughs> apparently, he punched Ryan Reynolds in the face, oh. or at least got close to it. Um, but it's, it's, he's one of those actors where it's like you watch this film and you go, "Of course, he's in this." Like he's this is a, definitely an easy paycheck for him. He's going to put into it as much as he needs to. And then you look up and see, I wonder what else he's doing. And you go, oh, by the way, yeah, he's working on James Gunn's first thing in the DC fucking universe yeah. as Rick Flagg Sr. <laughs> yeah. Not only is Rick Flagg Sr. in the animated show, but for anything else in the future that is live action, he will he's be Rick Flagg. Him, yeah. So not only is he on fucking VOD films, he also has not a cushy job, but a consistent blockbuster franchise yeah. job. I mean, and he's very much a, like a workman actor. Yes. Where it's like clear he treats this like a job. Like he everybody does. else has a job. Where it's like, yeah, I got to get another gig, get another gig, get another gig. And I, you know what? I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm, I've, I mean, we were both Frank Grillo fans before this film. But now I just yeah. want to dive deep into that Walmart <laughs> bargain bin to see what other Grillo <laughs> goodies I get yeah. out of it. Yeah. But... Yeah, Beyond Skyline, the one I consider the best of the three, honestly. Yeah, it's <laughs> certainly the most recommendable. Yes. Um, uh, basically, when and I... It's, it's basically the movie that the first one could have and should have been. Yes. It also had... didn't want to be. Yeah, it had $20 million to this film, and it doesn't seem it that doesn't much look... of a bigger budget than the first film, honestly. Well, no, I mean, I, I think this movie looks, and I don't mean this as a criticism, I think it looks cheaper than the first film. Yes. But that cheapness is kind of used better or distributed better. Yes. Um, well, it, it feels more coherent, whereas the first film is like, oh, it wants to be a big slick blockbuster, but it kind of looks like a porno. Yeah, uh, yeah, It's yeah. got big flashy effects, but they're kind of dodgy in a lot of places. I think I know why you think and that. And this one feels a little bit more consistent. Like, okay, this is a low-budget movie, but yes. it's like it's consistent in, in its aesthetic and its vibe and yeah. the energy it's going for. Because I, I think it's the same reason why I kind of felt the same way when we I watched it. It's the sets. Yeah. I think all the sets just have the energy of, like, there's a lot of energy put into those, but this is clearly a low-budget film. Yeah. But or like, a lower I, budget. Yeah. But, like, honestly, the like the inside of the ship looks pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, both the practical and the sea. Like, there's a lot of green screen, too. Yes, but yeah. um, But, it, like, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of, like, 90s sci-fi horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like Event Horizon yes. or... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Cube. Those, I know like, Canadian yes. horror film, like I know just Cube, kind yeah. of that aesthetic where it's like, oh yeah, this real gritty, grimy, nasty sci-fi set mm-hmm. that's like not super convincing, but also like just transportive enough to like make you believe mm-hmm. that they're there and they're in their little element and having mm-hmm. fun. You know what those films missed, Andy? Now that I think about it, huh? blooper reels in the credits. You're <laughs> true. God, uh, of all the films I expected to see, blooper reels in the credits. I did not expect not Beyond Skyline and Skylines. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad they're there. Yeah. Because it was all it was fun just to watch them just have a real good time and also just watch all the guys in the alien suits fucking fall and eat shit because like they clearly <laughs> They're running can't around see. in these yeah big yeah. hunky suits. Yeah, definitely the highlight of the blooper reels. There's a scene where 
alien Jared is supposed to like basically get these little orbs that are bombs out of like a hole or a socket. And the guy playing that guy <laughs> playing alien Jared just keeps like bashing his head into the fucking wall with yeah. it. And Frank Grillo's like, you dumbass. <laughs> he's, he's, and the guy in the suit's like, it's hard. And it's like, right. God, it's just guys making films. Just, just, just guys being dudes making yeah, movies. Just everyone making films. And you know what? I'm glad to see them had a fun time because watching <laughs> the first film, it feels like no one's having a fun time. Yeah, everyone's there on obligation. Yeah. And speaking of a fun time, it's now time to talk about Skylines <laughs> because, oh, baby, now that we get to see taking the fight to them, I still could not anticipate where the fight goes. <laughs> it is fucking wild. Because the way I described this, because I saw this right, like, I watched it first, and then I told Andy how I felt about the film in terms of look, and he just went, oh, God. <laughs> the way that, best way I can describe Skylines to someone is, like, imagine if an original sci-fi film, like the Sci-Fi Network. Yeah, sci-fi original. In the 2000s, had a child with a Mila Jovovich Resident Evil film. Mm -hmm. And that's how this film feels. Like, all the way up to the very end, the end is just hilariously wild <laughs> and just so cheap, but in a delightful way. <laughs> like, just how, like, the main bad guy in Skylines, who's a twist villain, because, of course, right. if anything that Skyline trilogy needs is a twist <laughs> villain, who just has, like, a regular, like, almost looks like a Western revolver. Yeah, it's kind of just a normal, yeah, Has revolver. a silly peacoat, mm -hmm. and this is, like... It has, like, a monologue. Yeah. He it, looks like a Nazi or Hydra officer yes. of some sort. Who, of course, if, if there's anything I didn't expect on my Skyline bingo list, it is, like, multiple Game of Thrones actors showing up in this. <laughs> because that guy's a Game of Thrones actor. Yeah. Uh, the old man in the eye patch that just gets obliterated in the middle of the film. Yeah. He's also, he's from the Night's Watch okay. in Game yeah. of Thrones. And I think there's one other Game of Thrones person. Uh, that I can't remember. There's also an MCU person in this film, but not a big one. Uh, uh, the lead love interest guy that's like the bodyguard for Rose. Oh, That's yeah. Kat Denning's assistant in For the Dark World. <laughs> oh, the intern? <laughs> the intern. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, he's wow. better in this than he is in that, but, like, yeah. he wasn't given a lot. He gets more to do. He gets more to do. But uh, Yayan returns. Oh, my God. Can <laughs> we? Uh, a special appearance. Yeah. So I will, I will spoil this because... I can tell you that this happens, but you have to see it to believe it because it truly just adds to the, the budget conversation right. we're having about these films. But at the very end of Beyond Skyline, uh, our man, Yion, he basically loses both of his arms and one of his legs yeah. from the aliens while the other guy from the raid, totally fine, does yeah. not show up in three. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he doesn't come back in this film. He comes back in this film with basically two claws Yep. And an alien leg. Yeah, he like had alien parts hooked onto him. Yes, and it it clearly are just like three sleeves, <laughs> and it's fucking fun. Oh my, I just I love this shit. When it comes to sci-fi, it could be on any level, but as long as they're having a fun time, I'll probably find something to enjoy about it. And with <laughs> this, it just feels like this feels like the perfect. Hey, I was. I was scrolling through the channels and I was on sci-fi and like fucking Saturday at 3 p.m. There's this weird fucking film called Skylines. <laughs> I thought it was an original film, but it's not like it just has like that energy of like someone runs into it and just like never knows what the title is. Yeah. <laughs> and just Skylines as a film is God. 
Like, I'm glad that, like, when we actually go to the Harvester's planet, I was just sitting there like, God, I wonder if this planet just looks like Earth but with a different color palette. <laughs> and it fucking really doesn't, but it's still, like, cheap as hell. Yeah. And all the new alien creatures are, like... <laughs> They're, like, camouflaged, but not. They're, like, foggy. Yeah, they're, like, weird ghost smoke creatures. Which, for a degree, I thought. So, a big thing about Skylines is that at the end of Skyline, beyond Skyline, we basically get, like, Rose, again, she's taking the fight to them, and basically ends on her taking on the, the Harvester Armada as it stands, as it floats next to the moon. The moon, yeah. And all of her friends and all of her turned pilots, all of her aliens that now have control of their bodies and are basically humans in seven-foot-tall alien bodies, take on the Armada. In Skylines, you find out she wins, but at what cost? (laughs) And also finds out, yeah, you won, but also the thing that you were supposed to destroy was a warp drive, and it just warped out of the solar system. Total (laughs) flop. The, like, epic yeah. finale to the last movie is a total dud in this movie. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And it's, like, she has to basically kill a whole fleet of her own people because they just so happen to get in the way. <laughs> and it's, like, she feels bad even though, like, those people are in spaceships. They could probably zoom out if they wanted to, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Because we need to have weird drama between right. her and her bodyguard because Twist... One yeah. of the people that died on that ship that Rose destroyed was the bodyguards. Oh, is it? Is his name Owen in this film? I can't remember. I think so. Owen's right. sister. Shock. A gasp. Yeah. And now in Skylines, it is 15 years since the first film, which basically means because most films when they uh, when they when they release their their calendar year, basically they either will commit to doing like. You know, when they shot in production, they'll go like, oh, it's actually, you know, 2009 because they probably shot the film in 2009. Or they'll just commit and be like, well, it's coming out in 2010, so let's just write the script as if it's coming out in 2010. Right. In Skylines, if we're going by accuracy, the earliest that this film takes place is 2024, (laughs) which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And it is basically just a quote-unquote suicide mission mm-hmm. to go to the harvester's planet to finish the job <laughs> and oh boy is it a blast it is gosh yeah it's this is by far like they've they've gone full tilt into like schlock mode kind oh of yeah junk sci-fi yes um and the, yeah that's fun um I, I think I think I still like the fir- the second one the best, I agree but with that. the third one is certainly like this is full on genre shit. Like, yeah, um, it feels very much like kind of like a sci fi original, but also it does. even even more kind of grindhousey than that. Yeah, it's, maybe it's, a little. It's bit. like on that same level, but also like it could be considered kind of offensive in terms of like the effects in this film. <laughs> Holy shit! Like, the first film's effects are dated and clearly rough. Yeah, yeah. Beyond, same way, but there's an charming quality to it. Three, Skylines, Jesus Christ, there are just shots where just the frame rate is half of the actual <laughs> film, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? Why is that alien moving so slowly? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that is not an issue that we've had in the series up until this yeah. point. 
Also and funny though because uh, I think this has the biggest budget of all three films. Twenty two. Twenty six. Twenty six. That's what I read anyway. Oh, Twenty six million budget God. and uh, made about just under two hundred thousand dollars in the box office. Again, yeah. I mean, I was this actually in theaters? This one was. Uh, Beyond Skyline no. was. Uh, it, it showed at various like genre festivals around. Mm-hmm. And so it made a little bit of money that way, but it didn't yeah. release like wide theatrical yeah, or beyond... like actual theaters. It went pretty much straight to VOD. Yeah. This one actually released in theaters nationwide, maybe worldwide. Um, not and, not a huge release, but fucking twenty twenty of all times. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. God. I mean, because when I look at Beyond Skyline, as much as I enjoy it, it that the two the phrase I think of it is Red Box King. <laughs> like that is perfect like you go to a red box and you'd be like why is frank grillo on that box with an alien spaceship in the background <laughs> and you think like oh these are the films now there's no way they're gonna put these in theater so to hear skylines tried it yeah that's gave funny. it a shot they tried it and you know what of course they, they didn't even make a million <laughs> but hey that doesn't make it any less entertaining because jesus holy fuck is it still just like funny as hell how yeah. the film just like it adds more lore it does. Oh, it, it, it's, it, yeah. it gets a ticking time bomb. Rose is also a superhero, basically. Yeah, her alien powers have manifested and made her like the yes. avatar kind mm-hmm. of. She basically, yeah, she's the chosen one. She, she has to. Her arc is basically, you know, understanding that she is the best of both worlds. She is the best of the aliens and the best right. of the humans. And whatever that means. Yeah, whatever the fuck that means. But it, it's funny. Compared- she can basically shoot lasers from her hands. Yes. And she has some sort of kind of telepathic or telekinetic ability to some sort of brain control over the technology. I would assume that uh, she's like kind of she can kind of biologically hack the pilots. Yeah, she can like influence the alien tech with her mind. Yeah, she's basically a natural hacker. Everyone's favorite type. Ms. Hacker Man. Yes, and she basically is brought into this film and the the main guy says hey we have aliens at home come with us <laughs> and so here's a, your fun totally not aliens crew yeah. that are you know you know uh diverse uh, ethnically but hey that's fine you know <laughs> there's totally no reason why there's this diversity it's not because we have any kind of backing that is foreign <laughs> in any way there's a russian lady there's a a nice asian man who thankfully survives yeah <laughs> i was worried that like he was gonna get a, a not fun death <laughs> but hey he actually gets to fight a little bit he's yeah. lo- he's i can't even remember i remember his name was not his his, his name didn't feel any anything most of these names are not special yeah like it's like not owens either owens um, uh leon leon uh, uh alexi is that the is that the russian woman yeah i think it's alexi yeah. Yeah. uh yeah, it's it really is just like this film has like the energy of like taking Independence Day, Aliens, uh, insert your favorite sci-fi show, and just deep frying it to the point where you can't discern what it is. Yeah, but you've had worse, <laughs> and that's kind of where it's at. Where it's like as a film, like it could have gone more, even could even go even tiltier in terms of like what it tries to do. Yeah, because like at a certain point, this film just goes like, "Oh yeah, we just we blew up the alien planet," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, you did, <laughs> right. cool," and it's like, "All right," but it, it it it's it still has its moments of like, um, "Are we gonna go this route? Are we gonna do this?" 
yes, but it's still going to be stupid and it's going to be fun. Uh, the, the finale is delightfully dumb. <laughs> the fact that there's like three different fights happening all in the same big corridor. Right. That like it seems like everyone is not paying attention to one another. <laughs> and then it also ends, I kid you not, it ends on a sequel hook. Right. Cliffhanger, which apparently could happen. Hey, I mean, if the other two got a sequel, why yeah. not this one? Well, it's also funny, too, that it's like, I mean, there is a three-year gap between Beyond and Skylines, and it's it's been three years since Skylines mm-hmm. came out. I mean, I I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, they also kind of, in, I think there's also a downgrade a bit with Skylines is the fact there's no Frank. No Frank Grillo. Yeah, he brought something to it. Really, watching watching you know Detective Cop Frank Grillo just be on a fucking alien planet would have just been <laughs> another level of just enjoyment. Yeah, he is referenced. He is. He's almost. He's basically like treated as if he's dead, and yeah. almost like yeah, they definitely didn't bring him back for this. <laughs> and then like at the end of this one, they go, oh, he actually was in a super high security prison with <laughs> aliens and him as well. Yeah. Prison break time. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Because neither sure. one of us went into this even knowing that that could be a possibility. So to go to the end and be like, yeah, maybe. And it's like <laughs> the fact that they've done that so many fucking times and they've still gotten three films yeah. is kind of impressive, but also like, quit that. <laughs> yeah. Quit doing that because it's certainly, there's a one point it's just not going to work. <laughs> and. Whether they give a shit or not, there's going to be some people that are probably disappointed if it if they do like, oh, don't worry, the seventh Skyline film is going to tie it all together, and then it just yeah. doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, if they could, like, you know, uh, Frank Grillo has done plenty of them. You mentioned Bruce Willis has done plenty of them. Yeah. If they could hook some actor like that who does these kind of movies, oh my like, God. that's enough excuse to keep making them out. What's Mike Tyson doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Bring Mike Ty- make Mike Tyson be one of the prison inmates yeah. in four. Or like a pro wrestler. God, we're yeah. kind of past that era of pro yeah, wrestler mm-hmm. B movies. But well, we're now at a point where like we're appreciating pro. We're now getting pro wrestlers like, who are in superhero movies and actually good and actors. Good, yeah, yeah. And it's probably like, oh, Batista and Cena are good actors. Yeah. We, now we can't have fun. Now they WWE can't do skylines. <laughs> they can still do money heist or money plane. <laughs> Oh yeah, but with uh, not those two. So I guess they could do something like that. Yeah, they also put Roman Reigns and Hobbs and Shaw. I'm not just trying to think of other yeah wrestlers and shit. Um, put Pete Davidson in four <laughs> if they do a fucking four. Why not? Make him force him to be in an alien suit the entire time. Jesus, and just yes. reveal at the end it was Pete Davidson. Yeah, pull a Guardians three and just <laughs> have him be involved, but don't even tell a single person right. that he's involved. Uh, uh, oh yeah, back to skylines. Um, <laughs> there's a part in the film where Rose is is basically turned bad for ten minutes, ah, yes. and that and that Classic. goes away faster than it really should. Uh, I'm glad it went as fast as it should. Yeah, because as soon as they that's turn, almost they never a good like plot turn. Yeah, and it also happens so weirdly. And uh, she has her brother, uh, who is. Also, it's just fun to watch like one of the main psychics just being one of those silly fucking suits from the second film. Yeah. Makes me really happy to see him again. I gosh, I would I could watch those suits move around and try not to fall <laughs> on their faces any day of the week. Yeah. There's also a blooper reel in this film. Yeah, of course. I didn't Bring realize I didn't realize how much I really I missed those. 
even in films that aren't comedies, it's funny as fuck to see it in like a film that tries to take itself a little bit seriously and yeah. then completely loses any kind of seriousness when you watch that. Um, well, especially it, these where it's like they're kind of so cheesy that you have to imagine there's a lot of fun being had on yeah. set. So it's like then to get to see the blooper reel is like, ah, yeah, okay, this there's, is why I stuck around. There's one actor, he's, fun. he ends up unsurprisingly being a bad guy in the film. I can't remember his name in the film, but basically as an actor, he's been in the John Wick films as a henchman. He was in Nobody, the uh, Bob Odenkirk action film is like yeah. one of the Russian henchmen. Uh, this guy gets like a, I'd say really fun death. Uh, he gets to like basically burned to death with through like a plasma shield yeah get like dissolved um, and really that when that scene happens it's it's fine it's like okay that's that's fun that's a way to kill that guy off that's cool but what really makes that scene stand apart from the rest is in the fucking blooper reel it is literally him <laughs> on the floor with two green bed sheets it looks like yeah. using as the v and covering I was like, him up yeah. i was like this is cinema <laughs> this is movie making i yeah. love this this is great yeah it's it's a fun time, and I there's not much else. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Skylines? Because like, not really. You know, this is this is one of those trilogies where I feel like I mean, even the first film is like, I don't really get the title. Um, yeah, like the first film. Okay, it's the aliens are hovering over the skyline. I guess <laughs> that's the idea. They're <laughs> well, hovering over the Los Angeles skyline, yes. and that is the. But, like, you don't think about that because you spend the whole movie in the apartment. Yeah, and you, um, and you want chili. That's really right. the issue. Yeah, is that you just, really it just makes want, you hungry. You want a and nice then bowl of Skyline chili. The, the title becomes even more irrelevant in the sequels because they spend most of it on alien ships and in space and in tropical jungles where yeah. there are no skylines. I, I think that's why I love the fact I, that the second film is called Beyond Skyline. Beyond Skyline. That, no, we're going past the right, L.A. Right, skyline. Right. We're going to and that Laos. kind of makes sense. And then the third one is just all in space and on alien planets. It's like, why is this plural skylines? There's no skyline in no, this. No, there's an alien skyline. Barely. And an American skyline and Barely. a London skyline. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many skylines, Andy. You just missed them. Yeah. Nate, I uh, blinked. Take a shot every time we see a skyline, skylines. <laughs> you won't be dead. You'll just be kind of like decently drunk. Oh, yeah. Uh, I best part about it being called skylines is the fact that like, I don't even... Th- think you get like a title card at the beginning you get it at the very end and it's skyland Lin threes. threes yeah they turn the e into the three as if like which all... i don't think is even on the poster there they have like i think a poster that they got made that was like almost like a fan oh, okay like you could probably get this at like a festival or something right right like a variant poster yeah. and that has the skylands three yeah but not the theatrical uh, poster no not, not the, the trailer poster. not the no. yeah but and apparently the fourth film, if it happens, I think it's going to be called Skylines Aerial. What? Well, yeah, because I, th- I don't know. I don't. You, you look, look it up on IMDb. Uh, yeah. It could be something else. It's... I want to. I want to look up what that means, but I'm sure I will not be. Oh, I see. Skyline Radial. Radial. Yes. Which I also I think that's don't even, know what that means. I think that's just as bad. <laughs> yeah. I I bet the prison is called Radial. Yeah. In, in May of last year, it was announced that Screen Media has the rights to the fourth film. Okay. And it, it, it's currently set for 2025. Yeah, because the first film, hilariously enough, is Universal. Yeah. And then the second... It was and, trying to be an actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second and third <laughs> films are XYZ films, as yeah, well as 30 yeah. other different production companies. <laughs> right. And then, so yeah, I guess that makes sense. Screen Media, I think I've seen. I've seen that. 
around yeah. before. But yeah, I mean, yeah, two and three are just beyond and skylines are so much fun. Like when I got back, because basically I was visiting family and watched one and two. And then when I got back to my place, I told my roommates, listen, guys, you don't even have to watch the first film. I think if we watch Beyond Skyline together, you'll have a fucking blast. Yeah. And then with the third film, I watched it with one of my roommates and said, if you're confused at any time, I will explain, but you don't need to know much. (laughs) And he still had a blast. He was like, this is fucking stupid. I was like, yes, it is. And that's why it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of dumb this week. We watched <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of dumb. dumb this week. We watched all three Skyline films. We also saw Fast X. We did. We yeah. saw that. We could have talked about that at the beginning. But I also watched you know. the 98 Godzilla this week. To oh, honor that's right. Its 25th anniversary. 20? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. So Speaking of Roland Emmerich. All dumb for me this week. That's a lot of dumb. Well, I did watch uh, uh, the second Dollars movie for a few dollars more. That's yeah. not a dumb movie. I was going to say. I was... I was no, it's, I don't know where to go from there. That's, that's uh, a good one. I guess we could go to what's next on our <laughs> schedule. <laughs> that's the end of the Skyline trilogy, everybody. <laughs> Watch two and three with with friends and just make fun of it and completely forget that there's a first film. Yeah. Unless you're morbidly curious to the point Watch where you... Watch the last, like, 15 minutes of the first one. Just, sure. Just to get the taste of what was and what yeah. look should up, have been. Look up Skyline, parentheses, not chili, the film from 2010. Yeah, Skyline ending. ending. Uh, and Skyline chili ending? Yes. And somebody sitting in the Question bathroom. mark, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, just watch the ending for the first film. That's the most fun part of the entire film. Yeah. And even that you'll not have to remember much of because they'll just change it and retcon a few things here and there from oh, two yeah. and three. But yeah, after watching the Gundam films, I'm glad that you know Gundam exists still, <laughs> and I can just always go to that if I want good sci-fi. But also, I'm I'm glad that schlock sci-fi is still strong, is still going, <laughs> it's still fun, and I'm glad that we have all almost collectively forgotten about the first film. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, after this podcast. We all will, and we'll be yeah. a better we'll be a better civilization. We, we can because call of this it. the definitive skyline podcast. Yes, and then after this comes out, we will change the title so we make it sound like it's just beyond skyline <laughs> and skylines. We'll cut out the part where we talk we about will the first title. Film. This episode, Skyline Radio. <laughs> uh, we'll call it the Skyline Double Feature. Maybe a trilogy. Who knows? Logan and Andy go to Skyline Chile. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 64 or whatever. If that's not next year's April Fool's, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, we could talk about what we're going to do next time because, yeah. oh my gosh, where I'm excited because like we're now getting away from sci-fi. We're now going to go to two creators that are iconic in their own ways and are especially beloved when they work together. Yeah. Or at least when one adapts the works of another. Yeah. And so, tuning in on when does this episode? Come It'll out? be uh, June tenth. June tenth. That episode. So you know, you know, we record live. Mm-hmm. So this is May twenty seventh on June tenth. Come and listen to the Darabont King trilogy, which is basically director Frank Darabont's take on three Stephen King stories, which mm-hmm. you all know, hopefully, as the Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, or the Green Mile, and the Mist. Yeah. I would look up the I would say the dates and the the years, but it's kind of escaping me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, and The Mist. Yeah, three films that are all just a blast to watch yeah. and show just how good of a director Darren Bond is, and how you know it's great that he got to do eleven seasons of The Walking Dead and not have any issues. 
<laughs> in that process whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. No, but yeah, tune in on June 10th when we do the Darabont King trilogy. But until then, I'm Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>